In the word of the Lord, the name of God, who is Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is a special day. It is a day of celebration as we are gathered here to worship, to celebrate, and to thank God for this building, this church, and for all those whom have served God in this place in various ways throughout the existence of this building. October 11th, 2023, that was a few weeks ago, this building was 140 years old. That means in 1883, October the 11th, this building was consecrated. For 140 years, people have worshipped in this building. So many people have been baptized here, married here, funerals have taken place here. Some, the ashes, I would want to continue to believe, have been laid in our garden. Christening parties, birthday parties have been held in this place. We have hosted concerts, children events, art galleries. We still have remnants in the pink room, I believe. So many things have happened in this building. The doors of this church have been opened to the community as a quiet space for reflection and meeting with God and some time last year as a warm space for people to be able to come and interact with each other as well. The doors of this place have been opened to the community, to our local schools to come and have their services here, Christmas services, Easter services, Pentecost, and of course, as an, an inclusive church, as we say we are, our doors have been opened and this building has been welcoming to each and every person. Everyone is welcome and all are welcome. So today we are here to celebrate this, to thank God, 140 years of service, 140 years of us being a place where people come to gather and to meet with God. So this morning, I just thought, and as I was praying, I felt that it might be worth for us just to do a very brief reflection of how this place became a place of worship. I would want to mention that part of what I will say has been inspired by work that was done by one of us who is no longer with us, George Merchant. He did an incredible job in summarizing the history of this church. And if you want the full version, part of it is um, on our website. You could be able to have a look there. But there are a number of things I would want us to just reflect upon, considering the history of our church building here. It is said that this building, this church, was built because out of a pressing need from the community. It does not elaborate what this pressing need was from the community, but there was a need whatsoever for there to be a church building in this place. 
Our Old Testament reading today from the book of Kings tells us about the end of a story that began so many years before. What we have just read was King Solomon standing at the, at the temple dedicating and praying this prayer of dedication. But the vision and the desire for the building of the temple started a long time ago. When King David sat and looked around his palace and realized, oh goodness me, I am living in this very fancy place, but the God himself who delivered us from Egypt lives just in a tent. And out of that came a desire, a need. Don't know whether it was pressing, but a need for there to be a temple to be built. There was a need for that building to be built. Here in our community, as I have said, I do not know what the pressing needs were there in 1880. But there are still some pressing needs here in our community today. There is still need for us who God has called to be in this place today to continue to be the light of Christ in this community. There is still need for hope, for peace, for joy in our community. There is still need for the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ to be proclaimed across and everywhere in this land. This need is there. And I would want to suggest, as it was then, it is still now. This need will continue to be there, but this need will only be met in the person of Jesus Christ. In us continuing to be the disciples, faithful followers of Jesus Christ in this place. According to the summary from George, he continues to say that at first this building was to be called the Rakes Memorial Church. It was to be a memorial, a, a, a building that will be used to be able to commemorate the Sunday School movement. And a fundraising, an appeal was made nationally to all the churches across the country who are affiliated with the Sunday School to contribute to the building of this church. What an amazing idea, wasn't it? To be able to recognize someone who started and helped out children across Gloucester and a movement that sparked revival across the entire country. But you will be surprised to know that this appeal was not successful. There was no uptake whatsoever across the country for this. But that did not kill the vision of a church being built in this place. That did not stop a building being built here. People from the community came round and contributed their resources and quite a lot of money was raised to build this church. Six and a half thousand pounds. Of course, I'm sure you will look around and wonder, six and a half thousand pounds, how far will that go to build this massive building? Well, 
according to George's record, that was worth more than 500,000 pounds at the time. And I suppose it was enough to build at least part of this building. What an amazing, incredible story. That a vision was there to have a place of worship, a place where people would come to meet God. A plan was drawn, a strategy was put in place, but it did not work. And how many times would I ask, I've only been here for a couple of months, so I can't be able to ask this, how many times have we made plans in this church and they have just not come to fruition? They have not seen the light of day. How many times have we advertised things and it, they have not been any uptake whatsoever? But at the heart of this church, there is something incredible. God does something incredible. That even as the plans that have been laid fall through, God still has a way of fulfilling his vision in this place. The community came round together, contributed, and this building was built. And as I was reflecting upon this, this became as an encouragement to me and an encouragement to all of us who have been here for a while, who have seen all plans being put together and not coming to fruition, just to encourage you that indeed God has a miraculous way of bringing his vision back to life. And if you think it's just us, think about David in that story of the Old Testament. As I have said, the portion you have read is just the end of that story. He had the desire himself to build the house of the Lord, but God said to him, no, it is not you to do it, but your children. It was Solomon who eventually built the temple for the Lord. And of course, I would want to imagine it must have been very difficult for David, having been the vision bearer, not being the one to actually be able to bring the vision into reality. So for all the visions, all the ideas that God has placed in our hearts, all those which have worked and those which have not worked, may encourage us, just as it was in the beginning, that God is a God who is a miraculous God. And as one singer known by Sinach sang and said, that God is the way maker. He is the miracle maker, the promise keeper. He is the light in the darkness, and that is who our God is. Way maker, miracle worker, and promise keeper. A few years later, after this church was built, in 1919, a memorial was built, World War I memorial, just outside the church, in the form of a pulpit. And names of, quite, uh, names of those who died in the war from this area were inscribed on that memorial. And from the research that George did, he says that 3,000 people gathered outside the building for the dedication of this memorial. 
I have no idea where they stood, those 3,000 people looking at the street, but 3,000 people gathered outside there in 1919. In this place, the community came together to grieve their loved ones. Those who have died, those who had fallen due to war and conflict. And we know that memorials are ways of saying thank you to all those who gave their lives so that we may enjoy peace and our liberties. But they are also constant reminders of the pain, suffering, and loss that war and conflict causes us. So for us as custodians of this memorial, I would want to believe that we do have a prophetic responsibility to foster and to encourage peace in our community and to utilize this powerful, convening power that we have for the good of our community. Today, we gather here as we reflect and we marvel at the works of the generations that worshipped here before us. The reality is, in centuries to come, in 3123, I would want to assume a majority of us will not be there that particular time. For those who will be, please make sure you pass on this message. That's you, Wambo and Muni. Generations will be looking back at what we ourselves we will be doing today. We do have a responsibility to continue making this place to be a place where the needs of the community are met through the work and the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. We do have a responsibility to continue in that work, to make this place where visions are realized regardless of whatever setbacks. That we have a responsibility to continue make this place a place of peace, a place where the community will know peace from. We do have a responsibility to make this and to continue to make this a place for prayer. Many generations did us before us, and here we are ourselves, handed the button to continue making this place a place where needs are met by the power of God. A place where visions are realized, regardless of the setbacks. And a place where peace is known. But most importantly, most importantly, in this day and in this age, we do also have an opportunity to leave our mark on the history of this church. And my suggestion of a way that we can be able to do this is to make this a place where each and every person is welcome. At the end of the service, we will be singing a very lovely hymn where we will be declaring all are welcome. And I would want to encourage you that as we sing that hymn, just mean the words that we say, that this may be a place where each and every person is welcome. Because Jesus Christ 
welcome us into his family, regardless of where we ourselves were from. But most of not a place where people are welcome to come and meet us, not a place where people are welcome to come and see James, but a place where people are welcome to meet with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ who will indeed meet their needs. Jesus Christ who will encourage them to meet and to be able to fulfill their purpose in this world. And Jesus Christ who will bring peace and healing into their lives. All are welcome. Amen.